Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's show. So glad you're watching the show, whether it's through Facebook or YouTube or the PTL television network on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, wherever you're watching. If you, if we're actually even on a few radio stations, I think like in the Ohio area. Wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening from, God bless you. Thank you uh, for believing in what we're doing here. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, a couple of different things, and it's nothing that... Well, I don't know how to say this. It's nothing that we're going to get to quickly. Yeah. It's going to take several minutes to lay this foundation. Uh, you're going to think initially that we're just talking about the global brain like we've talked about before. We're not. We're going to be giving some of the latest updates about how there are two different government agencies that we know of that are working on this global brain, which is actually a newer development because we had talked about previously before how people like Masayoshi Son and different um, tech oligarchs, if you will, have been developing this global brain, this all-knowing uh, brain where it literally is, they want to collect all data in real time of everything that's happening in the world and, and judge it accurately. Well, the government is doing that, the United States government, mm -hmm. and the ways that this is going to be used is going to be absolutely shocking. Uh, but we have to lay the foundation first of what is taking place. Um, so let's just go ahead and and go for it right now. So basically, I want to start by saying just this, that the government has been developing a data collecting artificial brain for years, okay? And it's largely classified, but we know that it's called sentient. Hmm. Okay, yes, okay, sentient, <laughs> which means having the ability to perceive or feel things. Now, from what we can gather from the information that has been declassified, um, and we're going to be sharing that with you and the small amounts of those reports that haven't been redacted because that information is still too sensitive for you and I. What we know so far is that it, it basically, like we've talked about before, it aims to be an all-knowing brain that collects and analyzes masses, a massive amount of data so quickly and so accurately that it can predict the future all right so the article it starts off by saying it's sentient meet the classified artificial brain being developed by united states intelligence programs andrew let's just lay the foundation for the next few minutes tell us about this report from this government agency then we're going to be moving to darpa Sure. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but it, it's important foundation work. So it comes from an article from The Verge. Article starts out with a Q&A session at the 2019 Space Symposium in Colorado Springs. Uh, the questions uh, for the Q&A were directed at Chirag Parikh, who is the director of the NGA. Now, what is the NGA? The National Geo uh, Spatial Intelligence Agency. Okay. So he's the director of their Office of Sciences and Methodolo Methodologies. So here's from the article. Uh, direct question from the audience seemed to make the panelists squirm. And the question was, when will the Department of Defense have real-time automated global order of battle? So he starts by answering, uh, geospatial intelligence no longer simply means pictures from satellites. It means anything with a timestamp and a location stamp and the attempt to integrate all that sundry data. Then Parikh actually answered this question, when would that translate to near instantaneous understanding and strategy, strategy development? He said, if not now, very soon. Uh, I thought it was interesting he said that uh, anything with a timestamp and a location stamp um, would be incorporated, not just the government-owned um, satellite imagery, which makes me think about... What's a timestamp? I mean, like, sir, what, what does it mean by them saying 
they're already collecting everything. So what this means to me, whenever you explain, uh, talk about what a timestamp is um, and a location stamp, they're absolutely in bed with Google, Facebook, and Apple. Yes. Yeah. So so really a, a location stamp is a geotag and that happens whenever you are taking a picture with a camera or device that is linked to location services via GPS. So your phone. Anytime you take a picture with your phone, there is metadata encoded into that picture that says where you took it, exactly, the coordinate, the, the coordinates, what time you took it, what kind of camera it was, what kind of lens, and just a mass amount of information that's in every single picture that you take with your phone. But And just so you know, we're gonna go here, we're gonna go here in a few minutes, and then we're gonna go even deeper. This is one of those type of programs that you've gotta stay with us. But this AI, they're developing, you know, schemas, which we'll, we'll get into, and they're going to be able to predict your moves, and they truly know everything you're about, about you because they have created what you would re refer to as a digital twin of yourself. They have access. They know. They are very familiar with your digital twin. Yeah. And, you know, when he talks about uh, culminating data that anything, anything with a timestamp and location stamp. I think, I think about my iCloud. I think about my Facebook account. I think about Instagram. Anywhere that I post information, and maybe more than that. Maybe it's every single search that you ever make that has a timestamp and a location stamp. I wonder how much data they're getting and where they're getting it from. Okay, so let's keep going with this. So what they're doing is, is you can you can attach a couple different things and you can very make a very strong case. And we'll put the link to the Verge uh, article in our description here. But they're most likely referring to what it's referred to as, as sentient. Now here, here we go. Sentient is an omnivorous uh, analysis tool capable of devouring data of all sorts, making sense of the past and present and anticipating the future, okay? And pointing satellites toward what is determined will be the most interesting parts of that future that ideally makes things simpler downstream for human analysts at other organizations. Research related to Sentient has been going on since October of 2010 when the agency posted a request for Sentient Enterprise White Papers. The National Reconnaissance Office, the NRO, has been developing this artificial brain for years. I'm still reading from the article. But details available to the public remain scarce. It ingests, talking about sentient, it ingests high volumes of data and processes it, says Karen Ferguson, the deputy director of the NRO, the National Reconnaissance Office of Public Affairs. Sentient, she goes on by saying, sentient catalogs normal patterns, detects anonymous, uh, anomalies mm -hmm. and helps forecast and model adversaries potential courses of action okay so the nro did not provide examples of patterns of anom uh, anomalies i have such a hard time with that darn word anomalies uh, i appreciate you <laughs> those forecasts in hand sentient could turn satellite sensors to the right place at the right time to catch ill will or whatever else it wants to see in action sentient is a thinking system says ferguson Okay, so the NRA, they are already, the government agency is already uh, building a global brain. Yeah. So in one sense, uh, it is like the global brain that the tech elite are trying to build, which will be run, the thing that will be running through that, the blood of that veins is 5G to make that possible. Okay, we're going to keep going through this because there really is an hour of information here. 
The NRO isn't the only agency working on this. DARPA is openly working on a similar AI program called Karius. You might pronounce it Karios, but it's actually pronounced Karius, which is a Greek word for time. Okay, we'll get into that. All right, so let me go to the DARPA. This is actually from DARPA's website. This is from 2019, and it says this. So now we went from one level. We're going to go a little deeper now. It's not just the NRO, it's DARPA. Now, DARPA is the Defense uh, Advanced Research Projects Agency. It's an agency of the United States De Department of Defense responsible for development and, emerges, uh, and emerging technologies for use by the military. They're also the ones that have given us GPS. They're also the ones that have given us uh, the Internet and, and many other things. This is from DARPA's website, 2019. Generating actionable, that's a very important word, understanding of real-world phenomena with AI. So I'm going to slow down now a little bit because this is going to get very interesting. I've got to read a few paragraphs, though. DARPA seeks to develop schema-based AI capability to enhance reasoning about complex world events and generate actionable insights. Artificial intelligence will be doing this. Mm -hmm. Rapid comprehension of world events is critical to informing national security efforts, of course. These noteworthy changes in the natural world or human society can create significant impact on their own or may from part of a casual chain that produces broader impact. So many events are not simple occurrences, but complex phenomena composed of a web of numerous subsidiary elements from actors to timelines. The growing volume of, um, of, of unstructured multimedia information available, however, hampers uncovering and understanding these events and their underlying elements. So what it's saying is that, so basically I have an analogy here. Imagine a World War II battlefield, for instance. Let's say D-Day, mm -hmm. invading the, the beaches of Normandy. There were 156,000 troops from the Allied forces on there. What it is saying is that every single soldier, every piece of equipment from the planes above to the boats in the water would be simultaneously relaying data. And this AI would be collecting the data, analyzing it nearly instantly and responding accordingly. So that is how it would be used on a military battlefield. The process of uncovering relevant connections across mountains of information and static elements that they underline requires temporal information and event patterns, which can be difficult to capture at scale uh, with currently available tools and systems. Listen, this is a lot of jargon, but we're going somewhere with this. Yeah. The use of schemas to help draw correlations across information isn't a new concept. Schemas are units of knowledge that humans reference to make sense of events by organizing them into commonly occurring narrative structures. So this is an example. A trip to the grocery store typically involves a purchase transaction schema. They can see that on your credit card, right? Which is identified by a set of actions. They will see that the, you, there's been a payment. They do this right now. They see that there's been a payment. There's different roles. You see that there's a, a buyer record. There's a seller record. Uh, and temporal constraints, items are scanned and the payment is exchanged. All of this is referred to as metadata. Yeah. There's small amounts of information that you can simply piece together 
and they're telling little stories. It's almost yeah. like you look, gotta look at it on the back end like code or something. Being able to read code, being able to understand what's taking place behind the scenes because, they're, because they say that the government cannot know the content of certain things, but they can understand just from the data collection. So they see, okay, well, a purchase was made, this is what was gathered, and they can take that little me metadata and create stories with it, yes. and those little stories, so to speak, are what we refer to as schemas. Yep. Okay, so the article is saying that they are taking your metadata, metadata and creating schemas. So they're taking this massive amount, imagine that battlefield, 156,000 soldiers okay, from just the Allied forces. There was probably a total of, of, of a half a million different objects at play. Imagine all this data coming, 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 massive amount of data, being able to uh, be analyzed at nearly in real time and then to make actionable and justified and logical decisions in real time from this overload. It literally is creating a spider of, of knowing how everything is operating at one time. So now mm. take that battlefield analogy and put it over America. This is what this will create. The article is saying they are taking your metadata and creating a schema. A key component of schema, uh, of metadata, is the schema. Okay, so the article continues by saying this. To help uncover complex events found in multimedia information, what? This is from DARPA's website. And bring them to the attention of the system users. Where do you think they are getting their info from multimedia? Google, Facebook, Apple share their databases with the government. I am confident of this. Yeah, absolutely. DARPA created the knowledge directed artificial intelligence reasoning over schemas, the Karius program. Cario seeks to create a schema-based AI capability to enable contextual and temporal reasoning about complex world events in order to generate actionable understanding of these events and predict how they will unfold. The program aims to develop a semi-automated system capable of identifying and drawing correlations between seemingly unrelated events or data, helping to inform or create broad narratives about the world around us. The government is doing more than this, but they're on record letting us know that they do collect our metadata. Yeah, metadata. they're already doing it. That's, mm -hmm. that's what's important. They're already collecting your metadata today. That's right. They may not be listening to the content of your calls, so they tell us, but they know exactly who you're calling. That's the metadata. And for how long you're calling them, for example. This is metadata. The government already kills people, murders them, okay? Kills people based off of metadata. How will you like AI being in charge of this in the future? So what are you talking about, Zach? What do you mean they kill people based off metadata? I want to show you a quick clip. This is uh, down memory lane. This is from 2014. This info was clearly put on record that the government kills people based off of, of just metadata. This was put on record by Dr. David Cole, a Georgetown professor of constitutional law, and General Michael Hayden, the former director of CIA and NSA. They were discussing this at a Johns Hopkins University discussion mm -hmm. in 2014. Play that clip. So it's a great question, right? You, you saw it in uh, President Obama. We're not listening to your phone calls. We're not listening to the content. We're just collecting the metadata, which means who you called, when you called them, how often you called them, 
how long you talked uh, for. Uh, that's all we're collecting, just the metadata. So you shouldn't need to worry about it. Well, you know, I, I, I take my cue from uh, a former general counsel of the NSA, Stuart Baker, who said on this question, metadata absolutely tells you everything about somebody's life. If you have enough metadata, you don't really need content. It's sort of embarrassing how predictable we are as human beings. And, and, and that's the, the thing is, you know, with, with metadata, we, they, they can know when you called your girlfriend, when you called your ex-girlfriend, when you called your parents, when you called your children, uh, when you called Alcoholics Anonymous, when you called a drug rehab center, when you called your drug dealer, when you called your political party. They know all of that. They can connect up. Who are your closest friends? Who are you most closely associated with? Who do you talk to all the time? Who do you talk to only sometimes? Uh, that's a tremendous amount of information that they can get. And we got it from General Counsel of the NSA himself. We don't even need content if we can get metadata. And, and let me just add, the, pro the program that we've all been talking about is a phone metadata program. But the law under which the NSA gathered this is not a law that limits to phone company and phone data. It's a law that allows the government to get any business records on anybody, and in their interpretation, literally anybody and everybody. And so they could get email uh, records, who you've emailed, uh, uh, who, who's emailing you, what, what um, websites you're uh, searching, what searches you put into Google. All of that goes to businesses, which then have those records, and under the NSA's theory of uh, how American law should run, they can get any and all of that information because it might happen that at some point, some of it might be useful uh, to try to find a terrorist. Uh, to me, that's dragnet surveillance at its worst, and the distinction between content and metadata really uh, is erased. David's description of what you can do with metadata, and quoting a mutual friend, Stuart Baker, is absolutely correct. Okay? We kill people based on metadata. So what's important to understand is that the second man who spoke there was the former director of the NSA and the CIA. And he literally said, we use metadata to kill people. Uh, this is this is not just dark naturally, but this is prophetically dark. I think there's a great spiritual significance to this. Even the name that DARPA is using for this program uh, called Kairos, it's a, it's a Greek word. And Jesus actually used this word. And it was when he was speaking to the Pharisees and he was condemning them. He said, you can tell the weather by looking at the sky, but you can't discern the signs of the times. And the word times that he used there in the Greek, which is the language they would have been speaking, was Chiron, which is Kairos. So I would say that if our government is creating a global... You say that slowly, okay? Because I know what you're saying. You literally have the military creating a global brain program. Yeah. And I understand that Kairos is an acronym, but it is a Greek word. 2,000 years after Jesus said, beware of the, uh, of the you, you need to be able to read the signs of the times. Our U.S. military that doesn't, you know, Greek isn't our language. They don't speak Greek. 
is naming their global brain program Kairos, the same exact Greek word that Jesus used when he said, beware of the signs of the times. You should be able to read the signs of the times. This is, you're right, this is a sign of the times. You know, one one man once told me that uh, coincidence is sometimes just God's way of remaining anonymous. The military is, is creating a global brain program, and they're calling it Carius, the signs of the Carius, the signs of the times. So what's the first verdict? Listen, there's still so much more. Like We haven't even gotten into the crazy stuff yet. So what is the verdict? All right. Well, the verdict so far is the government is building this AI system to mark your every move. And Trump isn't going to be the president forever. Even if he has another four years, he's not going to be the president forever. And they're going to use your digital twin against you with the help of Google and many others. I actually have, yes, here it is. Do you want to know just really quickly, what does Google know about you? And they're working with the government. The government has your digital twin on file. Google knows who you are. Your appearance, thanks to facial recognition. They know your voice, your religious political beliefs, your health status, your personal details. Google knows everywhere you've been. Location tracking is one of the areas Google actually excels in. They know where you live, they know your home, they know where your office is. They track and record your location through several means, including Wi-Fi, GPS, and cellular networks. This means that the phone knows everywhere you are every day and how long you're there for. They know the places you visit, your favorite coffee shop, your running route, a daycare center for you that you use weekly. Google probably knows about it. They know the places you've traveled. traveled. Google knows who your friends are. The company knows everything who you're talking to with to win and where you're seeing them. They know who you're talking to. If you use Gmail for your personal work email, Google has a list of all your contacts. They know where you meet, what you talk about. Google keeps track of what you talk about over Gmail. And there's, well, I'm not gonna go, okay. (laughs) They do listen, okay, but here, what you like and dislike. It's how the search engines creates and sells such personalized advertising experience. They know the foods you like, the books you read, the movies you watch where you shop and what you buy. They know your future plans. The company also uses data from their applications and search engines to make predictions about what you'll be doing in the future, what you're interested in buying, seeing, or eating, upcoming trips and reservations, future plans. You have been searching about homeownership, about when the best age to have children is, about tips for traveling to another country. Yeah, they know your future plans. Hmm. They know, obviously, your online life, the websites you visited, Google keeps a comprehensive list of every site you visited on Chrome, from every device, from any device, I should say. The site also keeps a running tab of every search you've run, every ad you've clicked on, and every YouTube video you've watched. They know your browsing habits, from how many sites you have bookmarked to how many passwords uh, Chroma autofills. Google has a comprehensive understanding of your browser habits. Okay. They have literally made a digital twin of yourself. Now, here's what's actually interesting. Your digital twin probably represents you more than the real you represents you. Hmm. Right? Like, who are you when no one else is around? That's very true. They know who you really are. Wow. That's saying a lot. And 
the government knows. The government has access to your digital twin. Now, here's the thing. No, so they've created a digital twin of you and I, okay, established. After the artificial intelligence profiles you, it will determine if you are a threat or not. Now, is honest profiling bad? No, of course not, right? It depends on who is doing the profiling and what checklist they are using. Right. So, now get your mixing bowl out. This is the time in the show when you're going to need to uh, kind of throw in some distrust you might have for your government and its three-letter agencies. The Department of Homeland Security, the DOJ, the FBI, the CIA. Insert what big tech is creating and how AI will be in the future. Now, mix it all together and throw in your understanding of end-time prophetic scripture. What's happening? What are they creating? They are creating an all-knowing, all-judging database that will be weaponized. Uh, actually, excuse me, <laughs> that will generate actionable understandings. Actionable. Now, you might be thinking, well, not me. That's surely not I. I'm not a threat. They'll see that when they look at my data. Well, who is the threat in this new world? Who is the threat to the Antichrist and his system while he's the leader of the world? Who does he make war with? Revelation 13, 7, he makes war against the Christians. Mm -hmm. He makes war against the saints, and he even prevails for a while. Exactly who is the enemy that this artificial intelligence gathering all of your data, putting you into a particular camp of whether you're a threat or a not, it will detail whether you are an enemy or not. Okay, well, that's fine. Trump's president. He's not going to be president forever. And understand, let's take another trip down memory lane. I brought some articles just in case you forgot who the United States has deemed as the extremists, as deemed as the terrorists in this country. Hey, here's one. Memory lane. This is from 2016. Obama administration and the United Nations announced a global police force to fight extremism in the USA. Think about this. The, this an article says, this amounts to nothing less than the overriding of American laws up to and including the United States Constitution in favor of the United Nation laws that would henceforth be implemented in the United States itself without any constitution of Congress at all. So, the United States, or excuse me, the United Nations is totally and 100% a Sharia-compliant body. So if a Sharia-compliant government body wants to label extremism, but they're Sharia compliant, hmm. then who exactly is the extremist? And this is just Obama. Obama was a puppet in the dark state. Yeah. This is the left. I wrote a quote down. I want to share this quote with you. Isn't it interesting that the exact, the exact same people that the Antichrist will label his enemies are the exact same people the liberal left labels their enemies today? Military warn 2013. Have we forgot? Do you not think that this stuff is going to come back as soon as we get another Democrat in the office one day? Hmm. The revelation events, the scripture has already been outlined in the Holy Word of God. It's going to take place. Military warn evangelicals are the number one threat. 
Soldiers in the U.S. military were told in a training briefing that evangelical Christians are the number one extremist threat to America, ahead of groups like the Muslim Brotherhood, KKK, the Nation of Islam, Al-Qaeda, Hamas, and others. Look at this. That's ridiculous. Here's another one. Does the army consider Christians' Tea Party a terror threat? Fox News. Soldiers attending a pre-deployment briefing at Fort Hood say they were told that evangelical Christians and members of the Tea Party were a threat to the nation that any soldier donating to those groups would be subjected to punishment under the Uniform Code of Military of military Justice. Is that not enough for you? How about this? I have a 10-page document here. This is literally, and it's been declassified. Okay, it's 10 pages. This is literally a declassified document from the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. This is an assessment of who they deem as terrorists, as who they deem as extremists. It's called, you see that? We'll probably put it up on the screen. Right-wing extremism, current economic and political climate fueling resurgence in radicalization and recruitment. Page four, who do they label as extreme as the terrorists? Let's see here. Opposition to gun control efforts. You're a terrorist. Criticism free trade. You're an extremist there. Highlighting perceived government infringement on civil liberties. Exploitation of social issues such as abortion and same-sex marriage. This is who the Department of Homeland Security was labeled labeling extremists. Historically, domestic right-wing extremists have feared, predicted, and anticipated a, catas- a cataclysmic economic collapse in the United States. Yeah, it has nothing to do with us being $22, million, or $22 trillion in debt. Hmm. Let's see here. Conspiracy theories involving declarations of martial law, impending civil strife or racial conflict, suspension of the U.S. Constitution. If you believe in any of those things or that they could have happened, or that they will happen, right. you're an extremist. Uh, if you believe that the United States could be creating detention camps, you're an extremist, and they label you as the number one extremist here. Anti-government conspiracy theories, okay? If you believe in anti-government conspiracy theories, the DHS has you on a list. And in time prophecies. People who stockpile food, ammunition, and weapons. This is a small list from the Department of Homeland Security on exactly who they label as their enemies. The same exact people that the Antichrist will label his enemies are the exact same people that the liberal left labels their enemies. Now, what an outlandish statement, but I didn't even say it. The Department of Homeland Security says it. I'm going to take this final point because we were out of time. For those with your head in the sand... Saying that this stuff doesn't happen anymore. Donald Trump is president. Do you not understand what a reprieve is? This is a brief reprieve, a postponement of judgment. It's like we didn't prepare for a test on a Friday. You didn't do your due diligence by studying and preparing for a test you had in school. You come in and the teacher is sick that day. Great. You've been granted a reprieve. You can now prepare over the weekend and be ready because that test is still coming on Monday. Don't go out and party all weekend. This is the analogy of what we're t- is happening right now in America. We're in a reprieve. This stuff is coming back. We're in a reprieve right now. You need to take this time and prepare spiritually. Get your heart right. 